You are listening to the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast, episode number 31. My name is Charlie, and today I want to talk about how we can set effective fitness goals, how we can stick to these goals, what goals are actually attainable for our own body, and all that good stuff. So we're going to be revisiting things like smart goal setting, finding the root cause of why you've decided to get in shape and start eating better and actually working towards a goal, and much, much more. The 20 Minute Fitness Podcast is produced every Tuesday for your enjoyment. And of course, show notes can be found at www.20minute.fitness and all the links will be in the show notes. Please feel free to email us with any suggestions of topics you want us to cover at podcast at 20minute.fitness. 20 Minute Fitness is powered by ShapeScale. ShapeScale is a 3D body scanning scale that digitizes your body in three dimensions. Simply step on and the robotic arm will move around your body, capturing all sorts of body data. You'll then be able to see results and insights such as your body fat percentage, your lean muscle mass, and your muscle girth measurements within the ShapeScale app. ShapeScale is now available for pre-order at shapescale.com. So now, let's get into the show. Setting fitness goals can be a daunting challenge. How do you know where to start? How do you know what's attainable? How do you know what makes an effective goal? How do you know what's attainable for your body? Well, this is what we're going to cover in today's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. So I wanted to start by explaining the SMART goals method of setting a target. SMART is an acronym standing for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely or time bound. And we're going to explore each of these one by one, starting with obviously specific. So the most important thing when setting a goal is to make sure you are specific in actually understanding what you want to achieve. Setting a goal like, I want to lose weight, I want to get healthy, I want to gain more muscle, is too arbitrary. It doesn't give you a clear vision of where you want to be. In order for a goal to be effective, there needs to be clarity. You need to be more precise with what it is you are truly trying to achieve. So this means refining your goal and breaking it down from those vague terms of losing weight or gaining more muscle actually being something that seems easier to manage. If you simply say, I want to get fit, I want to get healthy, these can seem like a a distant future. How can you jump from being potentially unhealthy, overweight, unfit to suddenly being healthy and fit? It just does not seem attainable. And this is why it's so important to break down these goals into measurable and specific milestones. As soon as we start making our goal quantitative, as in putting a number to the goal, it suddenly becomes or it seems to become more doable. For example, I want to lose weight. You have no clear direction there. However, if I say I want to lose six pounds, then you know, actually, That is six weeks of being in a 3,500 calorie deficit per week where I'm losing one pound a week. So I know I have six weeks to achieve my goal. Simply adding that number makes it seem all the more achievable. Of course, in order to achieve the number we've set ourselves, whether that be a body fat percentage or a distance we want to be able to run, we need to measure where we currently are. And that's why our next point is making the goal measurable. As you all know, Team Shape are all about 
tracking progress and making sure we keep ourselves accountable by constantly measuring and seeing whether we are progressing. You simply need to look at our ultimate guide to tracking progress on our blog to understand how much emphasis we actually place on this. So having a quantifiable goal and having an actual point in mind of where you want to get to has so many benefits. For example, as I've already mentioned, accountability. It will help you avoid stagnation and plateaus. So for example, if you're recording your numbers in the gym and they suddenly flatline, you know you need to mix it up. You know you need to be doing something differently to achieve progressive overload. And of course, recording your goals means that it allows you to set new goals. When you actually reach your current goals, you'll you'll want to set new goals. You'll want to keep comp- competing with yourself and improving. And how will you know when the time comes to set a new goal if you haven't actually tracked your progress and you've known that you've actually hit one of your milestones? Now we will get on to making sure the goal is attainable. So what does this mean? This means you need to make sure the goal is realistic. Obviously, we want to shoot for the stars, but it's not realistic to say, I want to lose 30 pounds of fat in one week. And I'm sorry to say that, but it is not doable. So we will move on to how to set realistic goals for your own body later on, after I've got through the rest of the the SMART goal acronym. But what I will say now is, If the goal isn't realistic, it means there's no real intention to complete it. As I said, we'll explore having an attainable goal a bit later on. But for now, we're moving on to relevancy. And how can you make your goal relevant? Well, this means finding your why. You need to choose a goal that you know can become one of the priorities in your life. If fat loss is something you intrinsically want, if it's something you really desire and no one else is pressuring you to achieve it, it's something, it's an innate desire of your own. No one else is actually forcing you to do this. It will make it a whole lot easier to achieve. If you think, you know, gaining muscle could be nice, you need to really analyse. Is it the right time in my life to focus on this now? Is it relevant enough to me and where I want to be in life? And the final part of the SMART goal acronym is time bound or timely. This means you need to set a date for when you want to have achieved your goal. So this will motivate you to whip your ass into action. An open-ended goal is set with no intention of ever completing it. We want you to always know in your mind when it needs to be achieved. Otherwise, it leaves the goal open. My advice here would be to combine the date you set yourself of when you went to want to complete your goal with a specific event in your life. So for example, I'm going on holiday to Morocco with a friend of mine who's actually a cinematographer and I'm helping him build up his business and he wants to shoot a lot of content. So if I'm going to be on video, I want to be in the best shape possible. And this can apply to anything really. It may be a wedding day coming up. Like me, you might have a holiday where you want to look good and feel good about your body. And if you're really brave, some people even book a photo shoot in advance on the date they want to have achieved their goal because they want to really push themselves knowing there's an endpoint where they have to flaunt their body and flaunt and be proud of what they've achieved. So if you're a brave person, I definitely suggest doing this. I'm going to ask you to sit and reflect. Are the goals that you have set yourself aligning with what we have just spoken about? Do they fit with the smart method way of setting goals? Do they have an end point? Are they specific? Are they relevant to where you want to be in life? 
really think about this. And if they are not, think about what you can do to adapt the goal and make it more effective. So now you've had to think about this, I'm going to go back to how to set an attainable goal and what I really mean by this. How to set a realistic goal for your body. Jason Lobig, the co-founder of Live Better, says, while it can be helpful to set big picture goals in the long term, you need a more achievable goal on the horizon to keep you on track. You want to start small and see early wins which encourage long-term consistency. I also think that in order to set an attainable and realistic goal, you need to be self-critical. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to understand where you are currently at. If going on a 20-minute short walk leaves you gasping for air, you can't expect to be able to run a marathon in a month's time. However, if, like I said, you go on a brisk walk and you find that you are struggling, set yourself a smaller goal that doesn't seem so unreachable. For example, maybe achieving or running your first 5k in that month. And if you achieve that before a month's over, if you complete it in two weeks, then scale it up. Then say, okay, I want to achieve a 7k run in the next two weeks. I also think you need to consider how much time you are willing to put into your fitness when considering what goal to set yourself. If you're willing to put in the work and you know you can dedicate a lot of time to it, then maybe you can be slightly more ambitious. And if this still sounds like a daunting task, then Livestrong say that the Centre for Disease Control's guidelines on the types and amount of activity a healthy adult should participate in is a great resource to keep at hand. They give insights and different activities and exercises that you can be doing according to your current fitness level. So there most definitely are resources out there. You just need to be dedicated enough to want to find them. We will now move on to the second segment of the podcast, which is all about how to stick to your goals and how to stick to your smart goals in particular. Firstly, obviously, I have to say that in order to um, have this motivation, you need to set effective goals that we've just talked about. And of course, I should also mention that you should be writing down your goals, whether that be in a notepad or an app. You need to have quantitative data that will give a visual as to how far away or how close to your goal you are. So how can you stay motivated? I know this is the huge question. Many times people will join the gym in January, just after New Year. It's a New Year resolution. But that motivation slowly dies out coming into February and March. How can we make this motivation stay with us not only for a year, but how can we actually make a lifestyle change and make fitness a part of our lives that we can't live without. I have a few words of wisdom for this, starting with treat yourself. When you hit a milestone, you should be rewarding yourself. But this doesn't mean rewarding of your, yourself with something that undoes your hard work. So I'm not saying go out and binge eat or reward yourself with a cheat meal. But instead, I think you should reward yourself with something that could benefit your body maybe a spa day, maybe a weekend escape, just something that will reduce stress, give your body the rest and recovery it needs. The next tip, which I think many people don't like to admit, but I will be the first to admit it, is that many of us train for vanity. We do want to look good. We want to look good for ourselves and we'll, we want to feel more comfortable in our bodies. But really try and frame your fitness goal in a less superficial manner. 
You need to understand that this goal is leading you to a healthier and happier lifestyle. It's not just about looking good. You will genuinely reap the benefits from this later in life. And these benefits, as I've mentioned, include happiness, because when you exercise, you release endorphins, and these are released in response to brain chemicals called neurotransmitters. And these endorphins react with the receptors in your brain that reduce the perception of pain. They also trigger a positive feeling in the body and the mind, a feeling of euphoria, a runner's high. So why would you not want to buy into something that is making you genuinely happier? Regular exercise can also reduce stress and give you newfound energy by reducing cholesterol and cortisol levels. So again, if it's giving, making you happier, giving you a more positive outlook on life, I think that's a, a very good source of motivation, don't you? My next tip would be ask for help. Don't be afraid to seek help, whether that be for a certain exercise or whether you need a training partner who will motivate you and share the journey with you. So it's not just your burden. It is your goal, but it's not just your burden. Someone's also trying to achieve their own uh, task. Work on your time management. You need to fit exercise around your other priorities. So as we mentioned in the SMART goals, relevant. It needs to be relevant enough to you for you to dedicate time to it. If you want to stay motivated and you're a morning person, get up and you know work out at the start of your day. So I'm currently training at 5.30 in the morning so I can get it done before work. And then after I go to work, I can work on in the, in the afternoon and the evening. I can work on my own podcast, Incrementum. And I can also do some podcasting for 20 minute fitness. But if the idea of getting up that early sounds like torture, acknowledge this about yourself and think, what would suit me? Where can I fit fitness in that would actually work in my schedule? Perhaps it's over your lunch break or straight after work before you sink into the sofa. And I think that's a massive one, actually. I think you're more likely to stay motivated and want to go to the gym if you go before you let yourself get caught up in life's other activities. So before you walk through the door and, you know, sit down and start conversing with the family, that's when people start chipping away into that time when you have scheduled fitness and exercise for yourself. So I think that's a good tip there. Again, you need to keep it interesting. Don't let yourself get caught in a rut by, you know, doing the same routines over and over again. Mix it up play some sport. I know I always prefer to do cardio when it's not just purely cardio, when there's some competition involved, when there's team interaction involved and there's other actions, when I'm not just slaving away on a treadmill. Sign up to Shape's motivation email list and receive our quotes. And again, these will drive you towards success. If something is constantly reiterated to you, it will not only make you more accountable by constantly triggering that thought of and keeping it in the back of your mind, but it will also become almost a habit. Another tip is to be forgiving. Don't beat yourself up over a lost workout or kill yourself in the gym if you overeat. But then again, and I'm very notorious for this, if you slip up on your diet, it is not the end of the world. What I usually do, and I would not advise this, is if I'm in a surplus, a calorific surplus, I end up eating absolutely loads and peeing out because in my head, I've blown my diet. But when you actually think of the numbers, you're only just going to be over your equilibrium point. So don't sweat it. Forgive yourself and just get back on track the next day. Don't ruin all your hard work up to that point. My next tip, scale up. And I've already mentioned this. So say if you go for a two mile run next time, 
go out and try and go a tiny bit further or a bit faster. You will find competition in your own performance, and this will motivate you to want to outdo yourself. Finally, don't compare yourself to others. This is your goal, something you intrinsically want to achieve. Don't let your own goals get distorted by the thoughts of others. I would also say don't get lured into the fitness world on social media. There are a lot of unrealistic expectations and the whole fitness industry can be distorted when looking on these social platforms. So I would block out this and have your own intrinsic goal. This is your life, it's your moment. So I would say go out and attack your own goal. If you want some serious motivation, I highly suggest listening to the Impact Theory podcast by Tom Bilyeu and in particular, the episode, Why You Need to Focus on the Goal. And this really empowered me to want to go out and smash my goals. And ever since listening, my routine of getting up at 5.30 in the morning has made me more motivated and more determined than ever to really focus on it. So that's just my own personal source of motivation. And I think that's a fair point to comment on. Find something that drives you, whether it be a song, whether it be a friend, whether it be a podcast. You know, find something that really makes your hair stand up on end and makes you want to get out there and improve and really smash it, whatever your target is. So I really hope some of what I've said has motivated you, has taught you about how to set an effective goal and even to reassess any current goals you already have. I think to summarise the second half of the podcast about finding motivation, I would say find your why is the most important reason. You can't expect to ever achieve your goal, whether it be smart or not, if you don't know the real reason why you are trying to become more healthy. You need to look inside yourself acknowledge what it is you really are trying to achieve if you want to lose weight ask yourself why maybe you say i'm not happy with the way i look again ask yourself why and keep breaking it down until you found the root cause of why it is you want to become healthier and fitter this path could lead you to the real answer the real source of intrinsic motivation that you need it may be something like you know I want to lose weight because I can't play with my kids and keep up with the energy that they have and the the constant activity that they want to be involved with. That is something that will give you the intrinsic desire to want to get fitter and healthier. So if I had to summarize, reflect, be self-critical, be honest with yourself and find your why. I really hope this was useful and I can't wait to do a few more podcasts for 20 Minute Fitness. It's great being back involved and as usual, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review so we can get the word out about 20 Minute Fitness to more people and become a source of information about health and fitness and a source of motivation too. So I hope you enjoyed and I'll catch you next time.